0: Hello and get ready. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve Castle of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine, perfectly orchestrated destiny for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive his favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve.
1: All right, so we are in a, a series called Soul Success. Um, I'm having a ton of fun with this series. I personally believe like this is the gateway to all the things that need to manifest in your life. Everything for you to walk in perfected divine health and perfected divine relationship dynamics, perfected divine marriage, perfected divine finances, perfected and divine um, emotional status, everything that it takes for those things to be in your life are already purchased and already offered. Amen. And they are in you now. Amen. Your spirit is what I just said. But your soul sometimes is like, hey, I was watching Fox News the other day. That's the reason. (laughs) I thought Fox News was good. You poor fool. (laughs) None of the news is good because it's still earthly news. And so what I want to talk to you today about is the gospel. And don't get thrown off by the title. This is called Subversion. I'm going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, please get them out. I want you to see these things with your own eyes. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one or ten. And you can put them all around yourself, and every time you stumble and fall, your nose hits a book, and you can open that sucker up. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, If you have these things, and they're in you, and they are prolific, you will never stumble or fall. Now, I know a bunch of folks are nodding at me, but there are probably 1% of this room that actually believes that you could live a Christian life where you don't stumble and fall. We make provision for failure, for falling, for stumbling, for shortcomings. We make provision for it all the time, and then we wonder why it happens. But Peter specifically said that you can actually have these things in you, and if they abound, you will never... That's a God word. You will never fall. Man. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to start at the top. Would to God, which is kind of like Texan, the way Paul talked. Would to God you would bear with me a little in my folly. This was, this was Paul like, over-accentuate and saying like, I am almost in the flesh and I'm ready to scream at you. That's kind of what's going on here. That's why this language looks a little bit um, over the top. Would to God that you would bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. (laughs) What he's saying is I'm not in the flesh, but I still want you to bear with me. For I am jealous over you with. <laughs> Sorry, that just hit me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. He was writing to the Corinthian church. They were famous for their stupidity. And he says, if you listen to me, now this is like almost towards the very end, of the second, actually the third letter that he wrote to the Corinthian church. This is after they've worked through, they had people in their church, Paul had to write to them and teach them about communion and the Lord's Supper because they were literally doing the Lord's Supper so wickedly that they were getting drunk They were eating, the rich people were eating all the food before they let the poor people come in and have the Lord's Supper. And so poor people weren't allowed to come in and have the Lord's Supper because there was no more wine and no more bread. And then after that happened, they would get into drunken brawls. We got some issues that Beloved, but we have yet to have a drunken brawl over... (laughs) In addition to to that, they had a guy who was sleeping with his mother-in-law and was bragging about it. Would come to church and brag about, I can't even go there, that's (laughs) PG-13. I've already used up all my PG-13 last week. (laughs) He would come to church and brag about it and they would encourage him like, you know how guys are. This was this church. And he said, I want you to bear with me in my folly. If you listen to what I'm saying, I will have the ability to present you to your husband, Jesus Christ, as a chaste virgin. I don't care what you did on the way to church. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did last week. If you bear with me, you can leave here in a white dress, walking down the aisle to your groom, Jesus Christ. Or you can come in and go out in the exact same attire If you remember the parable that Jesus told about the wedding feast where He told His servants, please, please go and beg. Do everything you got to do. Almost like put it, people in headlocks and drag them into the wedding feast. And there's this unique part to the end of that where they did all this stuff. They went to all this work and they got all these people in and there was one guy sitting in there and he did not have on the appropriate wedding garments. And the master of the feast, representative of the father, said, why is that guy sitting in here without the proper clothes? And he basically had no excuse. Why? Because those clothes were offered to him, and he decided to stay the way he was, but yet still try to partake of the wedding feast. Man, I hope you get that. This is, these are people that bootleg the gospel. Okay, so I'll take some of that health, and I'll take some of the prosperity, and I'll take some of the joy, and I'll take some of the peace, and I'll take all of that, but I'm not changing my clothes. Amen. Now, the cool thing is it was only one person in the feast. And so before you get all condemned and guilty and shamed or whatever is trying to go on the inside of you, it is probably not as prevalent as some of the preachers want to condemn their their congregation over. It's not that prevalent. Because I really believe that the sincerity of the people's hearts that come, that gather together in the name of the Lord, that especially in this church. If you're in this church, you're already lost. I mean, you are out there. You are fanatic, you are crazy, you are wacko, or a wacko drug you in here. My encouragement to you, if you're in here, you might as well just go ahead and let her down, like you lost all respect from the entire world as soon as you went through those doors. You might as well just go ahead and embrace it and let it go all the way to the end. Welcome, welcome to the House of Grace Filled with a bunch of people that are completely engaged with the upside-down kingdom. The reason it's upside-down is because God is right-side-up and this world is upside-down. So if you're in here, it might seem a little upside-down, but just hang on. The ride gets even more exciting as we go on. I desire to present you, beloved, you, beloved, as a chaste virgin to your husband, Jesus Christ... Verse 3, but I fear. And that's actually the word fear. It's phobia in the Greek. This is what Paul feared. Lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, so your minds, your minds, your mind is part of your soul. You could say, so your soul, your way of thinking should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. To whatever degree that you complicate it, that's the degree that you lose the benefit of it. The more complicated you make this, the less likely it is for you to operate in it. The least likely people that I minister to, to receive healing, are American Christians. I can go nearly anywhere in the world, in fact, the worse the better. I can walk into a mud hut in Kasumu, Kenya, and I will see 100% of the people that I minister to manifest divine miracles in seconds. But walk into an American church filled with a bunch of people that have spent their entire life dining at the table of medical science, excusing away the miraculous, not believing really the divine is that divine, and then I will tell you that by the stripes of Jesus Christ you're healed. And you will say, by the declaration of the doctor, I have sciatica. And they will leave with symptoms of sciatica, even though Jesus divinely and eternally purchased him. Because the word of the doctor is greater than the word of the great physician. And I know this too. As a pastor, I can tell you there are times that I know that I know that I am literally telling people divine words from the Father. And they will walk away from my conversation and say... Pfft. Steve what does he know you know what they're right Steve knows nothing but I know that when the spirit of God is coming out of my lips and this is why people miss it why did they crucify Jesus because he was human right the son of God can't be human he yes. has to be God why are people going crucif- to crucify you crucify you Well, because Christ can't be human. He can't look like you. Why do you reject the grace of God? Because you look in the mirror and you say, Well, that can't be Christ. Be it unto you according to what you believe. Do you believe it can't be Christ? It can't be Christ. Lest the serpent beguile you the way that he did Eve. I want you to think about that just for a second. Eve was in perfection. She had no needs of any kind. She was the daughter of God. Handcrafted by the potter's hands. In perfection, there wasn't a blemish on her, there wasn't a mole, she had perfect sight, every organ, every I mean literally the divine breath of God circulated through her body where her blood would normally circulate. She had a perfect husband who had no temptations of any kind for adultery. Perfect food, perfect environment, perfect weather, perfect relationship with God. Walked with Him every day. They had an ongoing daily date. Walked, talked. Her husband never, ever called her fat. She was literally in perfection and was tempted by the offering of greater than perfection. Perfection. Now, before you go shaking your head and condemning Eve, this is us. In your spirit, man, you are in perfection, and the enemy comes along and says, if you just do a little bit more, if you just would do this, if you would just go there, if you would just have this, if you, you know, your wife isn't spiritual enough, maybe you need a better one. Then you'll be more spiritual. And I know you're thinking like, "No way, I've talked to pastors that this happened to. I've ministered to pastors that this happened to. If you just had a little more money, then everything would then you'd be then you'd have some joy and peace. If you just had a little better house, a little better car, if you just were a little bit more educated, if you're a little taller or shorter or thinner or fatter." Your skin was just a little bit different color. You know this is playing out right now. If you were a little bit healthier, if you had a little better insurance, if if, if, then everything, as long as the enemy can dangle that carrot out on a string in front of you, he will keep you defiled and in confusion... For what has already been given you. That serpent slithered up to Eve and said, you know, if you eat this tree, you'll be like God. He's telling a person who's like God, that if they do something, they'll be like God. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray, I divinely desire above all things that if you would allow prosperity in your soul, I know that you're going to have divine health in your body and you are going to have divine prosperity in your finances. I desire this same thing. I want to present you a chaste virgin. I want to present you unbeguiled by the serpent. And I want to... I want you to have in your soul a perfect reflection of all the things that your spirit man already possesses, which is the entirety of the finished work of the cross. And this is God's desire for you as well. The Father speaks these words over you. I hear these things, and last night, literally, I have no idea, somewhere between probably midnight... And I get up at 4, so somewhere between midnight and 4, the Father woke me up and just spoke this. Like, this isn't my series, this is his series, I just get to repeat it. He spoke this, he said, son, I want you to have everything i purchased for you. And I was like so thrown off by the Father that I woke up and I said out loud, which is... You know, only, you only do that when you're in that weird, awkward, not awake, not asleep, you know, like where you don't know what realm you're in. And I I woke up and I literally said, Father, what? What is it? And I don't even know if Kay heard me, but I was like, Father, what is it? And then on the inside of me, not audible, not, but on the inside of me, he said, I want you to have everything
0: I bought for you.
1: And that was it is this. He thinks of this over you all the time. I want you to have what I want to give you. I want you to have everything that I purchased for you. If it was important enough for Jesus to bleed for it, it's important enough for us to bleed for it. And then, the next verse that Pastor Bob thought he was being slick, trying to steal from me, but... It's mine. I'll let him bootleg it.
0: But it is my verse.
1: And you can look in your Bible. It says Silah. Selah is Hebrew for Steve Castle. <laughs> Psalm thirty-five twenty-seven says, Let them shout for joy and be glad. You guys had like a, a warning a few minutes ago. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. If you whooped, hopefully you do favor the righteous cause of your father. Which is giving him permission to be a good father to you. We say this all the time. God is a good, good God. But how many of us literally let him be good to us? We say terrible things about like you don't go, don't listen to prosperity gospel. Don't listen to that, that healing gospel. Don't listen to the gospel of a healthy soul. Don't listen to all those other quote unquote gospels. You just need to suffer through and stick your nose in the book and pray and moan and grind. And hopefully you'll make it through the seven years of tribulation and hiding in a cave from the antichrist cuz he's going to come and get you That's not gospel, y'all. That is bad news. Hey, welcome to Christianity. Now you're going to suffer a ton. Everything's going to be really terrible. You're going to want to cry every day all day, but you have to force yourself to pretend like you're in joy. Not the gospel. Let them. You know who the let is? That's you, y'all. You let God have His righteous cause in your life by saying, Father, if this is what you want for my life, if you want goodness poured out of my life, If you want me to have healthy relationships, if you want me to have a healthy soul, if you want me to have a healthy emotional life, if you want me to be healthy in my finances, you want me to be healthy in my marriage and healthy in my body, if that's what you desire for me, Father, be it unto me according to your word. And you'll be just like Mary and you will get pregnant in your spiritual womb with Christ. Let the Lord be magnified. Allow God to be magnified through your life. You are the only epistle that this world will ever read. Which is why I hate it when there are broke, sucking lemon-faced, irritated, oppressed, depressed, demonically energized, evil people that say, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm just trying to figure out how to be a good one. Like... Can I just kill you? Like in the spirit. Wouldn't kill you for real. Hold on, I'm thinking about it. Just die. And let all that go. And then be resurrected in newness of life. In your new life, you don't even know how to sin. Your new man has never sinned. Cannot sin. Will not sin. Just be like that. I know it's easier said than done, Pastor. I know. Let the serpent beguile you from the simplicity that is in Christ. Because that's what the enemy says. Well, it's just not that easy. Don't listen to him. He's a false prophet. Good. We'll see how falsely I prophesy as we go to our next verse. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which is going to be a few chapters before the one that I just read to you about being presented as a chaste virgin through allowing the simplicity of Christ be a part of your life. I'm going to start, I don't even know where I'm going to start, 16, according to the screen. Wherefore henceforth, good King James, wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. I use this a lot with folks. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after flesh. If the the majority of what you know about Steve is this face and this hair and this height, this voice, I would like to ask you to please know me the way my Father knows me. Because this isn't the part He knows. When I prophesy over people, uh, a lot of times people don't know I'm prophesying to them. They just think I'm talking to them and saying nice things. It's actually prophecy. I don't like the thus say the Lord thing because then people get weird. So I just prophesy without the thus saith the Lord. And humble and meek people usually receive it. But usually when I'm saying that stuff, all I do is I see, I look past this outside thing. And I look into the inside thing and then I start talking to their soul about what I see on the inside. That's really, truly what godly prophecy is. For those of you that think prophecy is all about like telling us about the terrible things that are going to come and or if you're in the other camp, everything's going to be awesome all the time and every prophecy somehow revolves around favor and all this wonderful stuff. Um, I'd just like to say if your favorite prophet didn't tell you about what was going to happen in 2020, you might need another prophet. Because if they're so prophetic and they didn't see this coming, Amen. I haven't yet heard any of the people that I follow prophetically in 2019 in July say, Thus saith me, the prophet, um, next year about this time the world is going to be like hell. It'll be in a pandemic and they'll be shutting businesses down and there'll be governors that are tyrants and they're putting people in jail for going to church. And it, da, da, da. I haven't heard a single prophet say that. But I heard a bunch of prophets say, 2020 is going to be the year of God's vision. 2020 vision. And you're going to be able to see everything. They're literally prophesying about the vision that we're all going to have, and then we get blindsided by a pandemic. Amen. Real prophecy, uh, Revelation 19 says that real prophetic... Is, comes through a revelation and a word and an, understanding, <clears throat> and an understanding of Jesus Christ. And through that, through the Spirit of Christ, we'll be able to tell the times and we'll be able to see into the future because the Spirit of God knows all things and He wants to tell us all things. But really, honestly, one of the reasons that we miss it so often prophetically is because we're thinking that it's some kind of a thing outside of Jesus and outside of Christ. And we don't filter it through the finished work of the cross. God's timetable is not the same as our timetable. This is why when people prophesy times on top of people, it just, it's terrible. It's just terrible. You're going to get healed two years from now on a Tuesday when there's a full moon and you hear angels blow trumpets. Okay, well then I'll wait two years to get healed. 2,000 years ago, angels blew trumpets and you got healed because Jesus was resurrected. And any prophet that tells you in two years, you're going to get healed. I'm not saying they're a false prophet. I'm saying their prophecy is false. Henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Stop with this. Stop it with this. Stop looking at people's fruit. Stop looking at their flesh. Good or bad. Maybe you're out there and you're thinking, well, I'm not that bad. I'm a pretty good person. I don't sin like Steve does. That guy. Okay, maybe you're better than me. (laughs) Congratulations. You're still not as good as Jesus. You could have... USDA Prime Choice Flesh. But it's still flesh, y'all. This is not the part that reflects perfectly who you really are. We have to stop looking at people this way. We literally sometimes even know people by the failures of their flesh. That person, they're just always doing stupid stuff. You've just condemned them to something by their flesh. That person just always falls back into addiction. Well, be it unto you according to your word there, prophet. Yeah. I know this is really resonating right now. How about this? When you see a parent talk to their kid, you're just such a stupid kid! You are always doing stupid stuff! I almost got in a fight in Walmart over that stuff. Not lately. This was when I was not as redeemed as I am now. I'm way more holy now. This was in Texas. In Texas, I was way less holy. I almost got in a fight in Walmart because a parent was doing that to their kids. I'm like, you, you are a parent. You are the closest thing to God that a child will ever, ever have a revelation of until they get a revelation of the Father. And you are literally destroying the opportunity for that kid to ever have a revelation of a good Father because you are destroying them with your words. It happens all the time. You don't have permission from heaven to do that to anyone ever. Henceforth, now. This is now. We know no man after the flesh. I want to read something to you real quick out of Acts chapter 15. The church was having some issues. (laughs) Just so you know, like all these churches in here that all these epistles were written to, they all had issues. (laughs) For those of you that are looking for the perfect church, (laughs) Yeah, you poor sucker. Um, If you did find the perfect church, as soon as you walked into place, it would be imperfect because we all know you. There's no perfect church. There's a church going together into perfection. So stop putting some irreverent benchmark on your on your church or on your surrounding, on your pastor, on your leaders. Stop it. We're all going there together. Some of us might be farther than others. I get all that. That's cool. But but stop it with that. We're not perfect in the flesh. We're not perfected yet in the soul. But we need to be. So let's go there together. The first church, which was the Acts church, was not a perfect church. They had a ton, ton, ton of issues. In fact, one of the major issues was that they really, really were struggling with Judaism. Judaism is a false religion. If you practice any part of Judaism, you are practicing a false religion. I know this This is going to go over like a lead balloon. I know it already. Um, if you think that... Uh, that honoring the Sabbath day, if you think wearing a prayer tallit, if you think that uh, celebrating the new moons, if you think that you you doing something cool on Rosh Hashanah, any of that stuff, if you're doing anything Judaism in your (laughs) current, born above, Son of God life, then you have just fallen back into... False religion. If you completely follow Judaism to a T, you will go to hell. Judaism is as false a religion as uh, Islamists, Islam is, what is it, Muslimism? Whatever it is. The ism <laughs> of Muslim. Hinduism. Buddhism. They're all false religions. No man gets to the Father except through Jesus. There's only one way to the Father. It's through Jesus. It's the only way. They were struggling with this in the first church. We call it legalism you got to get circumcised, you got to make sure you follow all the feast laws, don't eat pork, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we would kind of call that today because we're we think we're more redeemed than we are. We would kind of call that legalism. But see, we do this in the church. In fact, most of you have these things in your head. You have these rules, these guidelines that you have in your head. Well, if I do this, then I'm more holy than this. Like, for example, in American Christianity, if you drink, you go to hell. Do you, in, uh, in Polish Christianity, if you drink coffee, you go to hell. How many is going to hell? <laughs> All y'all. <laughs> That's not God's standard. God, Je- Jesus made wine, y'all. And the Pentecostal's been trying to change it back ever since. Does that mean that Jesus is totally up thumb with alcoholism and drunkenness? No. God created sex. <laughs> well thank you. <laughs> Praise God. I was gonna say it, but my wife's in the room. <laughs> I have to avoid eye contact when I do that stuff. God created sex. He didn't create prostitution. He didn't create uh, uh, polygamy. All the the brokenness that people practice in sex, He didn't make any of that. He made sex. Between one man, one woman, in the covenant of marriage, for the rest of their lives. That's how He made it. Anything outside of that is broken. It's broken. It's absolutely broken. And people drive in broken stuff all the time, right? I'm a mechanic. I spent a bunch of years driving broken cars. That's what mechanics do. That's like kind of what we were known for. Like If you're a mechanic, everybody knows like your car is the most jacked up car. But as a mechanic, you, it's almost like you're proud of it. Yeah, but I'll get her there. Congratulations. That is not the way the Lord wants you to drive this vehicle of success. He doesn't want you to say, well, I'll just fix it when it breaks down on the road, on the side of the road, in the rain, with the tools that I got in the trunk. (laughs) Throw it away and go get a real car. My wife super loved the fact that I just kept cars going. She really appreciated the fact that her cars were breaking down because her husband could fix them. While she was stranded in Texas on the side of the road when it's 110 degrees outside with two babies. She really loved it that her husband could fix stuff. Yeah, now you're picking up with me. The first church had issues. And instead of us all just agreeing that we're just going to have issues together and give permission for those issues, they did something that was really unique in Acts 15. They decided to deal with the issue. The issue was legalism. Judaism in the church. Judaism doesn't belong in the church. Judaism passed away. Jesus didn't come to show us a better Jewish life. Jesus wasn't even a Jew. (laughs) He was a half-Jew. And it was only his flesh part. There's a famous guy on Christian TV that has a show called The Jewish Jesus. It's one of the most popular Christian TV shows out there. And it's terrible. Jesus was not Jewish. I know I just mucked up a bunch of stuff with people, but whatever. I'm getting used to making messes. Verse 16 After this, I will return. Uh, am I on the right? Yeah, after. Th- no, this is not right. Verse 22. Jessica, I do not know you after the flesh. <laughs> Acts 15:22. Then pleased it the apostles and the elders and the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Namely, Judas, surname Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. What just happened was they made a decree in the church that they would no longer allow legalism for the Gentiles. <laughs> it's kind of funny. They said, we'll keep it here in the in the Hebrew church. We'll keep doing our legalism, but we're not going to make the Gentiles do it. <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, I guess this is more funny to me than you guys. Like, uh, so they sent out these guys to go to the Gentile church and say, hey, you guys don't have to do, do the Jewish stuff. <laughs> this is why the Gentile church exploded and the Hebrew church eventually evaporated. There was no more Hebrew church that left. If you don't know, it's kind of a new phenomenon to have Messianic Jews. It's a very new phenomenon. Because it went away for 1,500 years. Because Jews went back to Judaism. That's why the church is basically Gentile. Because they didn't come out of the Jewish thing. Because religion is hard to break. If you don't believe me, look at your own life. You've got a ton of religion in your own life that even when I say things that challenge your religion, most of the time all you do is get mad at me and keep your religion. (laughs) Instead of letting your religion go and say, well, that's truth. Truth brings freedom. Religion brings bondage. So they wrote a letter to the Gentile church to let them know that they're free. (laughs) Praise God. Verse 23, And they wrote letters by them after this manner the apostles and elders and brethren sent greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Sicily. For as much as we have heard that certain went which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls. Legalism and religion... A false understanding of the gospel and the freedom that is in Christ will subvert your soul. And in here, what's unique about this is that there were literally leaders from the church that went and taught these people how to do that. Now, they were, they were using really raw Judaism in their time. And so somebody left the Jerusalem church and went to like the church at Colossus and said, Hey, if you guys want to be really good Christians, you need to get circumcised. And because they wanted to be really good Christians, they got circumcised. I can't get people to go to Grace Group on Wednesday nights. And they're hacking stuff. (laughs) But that was their willingness to walk out the fullness of... I want you to think about that. What if somebody... What if, what if I stood up on next Sunday and said, Hey, here's how we're going to really grow together as a church. We're going to line up all the guys over here. And give all the girls scissors. And this is how we're going to grow together as a church. How long you think the line will be?
0: <laughs>
1: you know why? Because we already know internally that there are things that we are not willing to do for the kingdom. <laughs> yeah, it turned away from a joke real quick, didn't it? Are you willing to be circumcised if it was something that the Father wanted you to do? If it was something that would benefit you in the kingdom? And the reality, don't answer because the reality is is there's probably not a man in here that would say yeah. I'd rather go to hell than lose that. They were willing to do it. This is the unique thing. They said, okay, fine. If it's circumcision, it's circumcision. There is nothing that I am going to hold back if it means me fully walking in the kingdom of God. Because what if you lose a little bit of that, but you gain everything? Isn't that what Jesus said? What if you protect and you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What does it profit a man to gain his whole manliness and lose the kingdom? This is why we can see like the Ephesian church walking in amazing dunamis. The Coloss church walking in amazing dunamis. Peter's shadow healing people. He's just walking down the street, y'all, and people are popping up like daisies from sick beds. Why? Because they were willing to do whatever it took. We aren't willing to not hit snooze four times on Sunday morning. And I'm not condemning nobody. I'm just saying, like, we need to at least process this. Like, what's your do not pass line? Well, pastor, I'm with you all the way until there. I'm not doing that. What if there was an Antichrist? And he was wandering around, and he was six, six, sick, six sick, six sixing people, and vaccinating people, and stick, who knows? What, whatever. What if all that was going on? And I know a bunch of us. I wouldn't take the mark of the beast. There's no way I would allow all that Antichrist stuff in me. You think he's going to show up with a t-shirt that says, I am with stupid? And then point to the guy next to him and he says, I am Antichrist? And he's going to stand up on TV with a microphone saying, I'm the Antichrist. Just so you know, you can go check the book of Revelations. I'm the guy. And so here's what I'm saying. Take the vaccine. (laughs) You think he's going to show up like that? John said there's many Antichrists in our world now. How about this? Wear the mask. It's just a mask. Look just work that job until you get to retirement age when you get to retirement age and then you get your pension look i know it's it's probably not the kind of sexually sexual purity that that god probably wants but it's okay everybody's doing it it's only a little bit of violence in the video game that you play 12 hours a day It's just a little bit of misalignment in your thought life. It's just a little bit of gossip. It's just a little bit, it's just a little bit, it's just a little bit. There's a story that a preacher tells that said that his kid came up to him, his uh, 13-year-old son came up and said, Dad, 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 can I please go watch a movie with my friends? And Dad said, what movie? And he said, well... And he said, well, what's it rated? He said, it's R. But, 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 It's just a little bit of nudity. It's just a little bit of cussing. It's just a little bit of violence. It's not that bad. It's not going to really take my... I, and I, I'll just... I probably won't pay attention at those parts. I just want to see... All my friends are going, Dad. And Dad said, no. And the kid was crushed. And so Dad said, I'll tell you what. Why don't you invite all your friends over. You guys can come over here and play. Ride the four-wheelers. Have a good time. So the kid invited all his friends over, and they were all playing, and they were having a big day. And Dad decided to to make it up to him, so he decided to bake them brownies. And so he was in the kitchen cooking brownies, and the kids were smelling it. And eventually they got off the four-wheeler, and they were like drooling and standing in the kitchen. And, and the dad pulls out the brownies, and you know like that... And the kids are all lined up. And so he puts them on the table and he starts cutting them, puts them all in plates, and he goes to hand one. He goes, Here you go, fresh. And the kid's like, Yes. And he grabs it and does it. Hold on. Before you eat it, I do need to be honest and let you know that I put a little bit of dog poop in these brownies. Just a little bit. It won't make you sick. It won't kill you. It won't give you worms. You won't die and go to hell. But there's a little bit of dog poop. It was fresh dog poop. It wasn't old dog poop. I got fresh dog poop. And when I got fresh, I put a little bit of dog poop in the brownies. They didn't eat it. Because dog poop actually is more dangerous. Mentally, then nudity, violence, cussing. And I'll be honest with you, your body will process the dog poop. But your soul can't process the other stuff. The gospel is Jesus Christ. Has done everything there is to do for you to live in freedom from sin and the punishment of sin. That's the gospel. The gospel isn't there's a heaven, there's a hell, and if you do really good, maybe you'll go up instead of down. That's not the gospel. Gospel means good news. It's not good news that you might go up and you might go down. That's confusing. It's true, but not all truth is gospel. Now, truth is important. Jesus said in John chapter 8, that truth that you know, that's talking about intimate relationship, the truth that you know brings freedom in your life. Which is why... In Acts, they were telling them, don't allow your your soul to be subverted. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For, verse 17, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it's written, the just shall live by faith. These are, these are two of the most important verses that you should ever commit to your heart. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. How can you be ashamed of the good news of Jesus? It happens all the time, y'all. It is not hip to be a Christian. It's definitely not hip to be the kind of Christian that raises your hands in church and gets on your knees in worship and... And can't talk about the football game at work because you don't want to watch the NFL because they've gone off the rails. And you don't get to talk about the soap operas with your girl pals because you don't watch soap operas because they're basically just a cesspool. And all the cool things that the world knows about, you don't know about those things, but you know all the cool things of the kingdom. It's not hip, y'all. You want to be cool? leave. That's the the best thing you can do right now if you're shooting for cool. If you're shooting for cool, just leave. There is nothing world cool about this. But it pleases your father. And so you need to make a decision. You want to be world cool or you want to be pleasing to your father? This pleases your father. All the cool people are out there sleeping off a hangover. That's what the cool people are doing. (laughs) I'm not ashamed of this life and what I believe. The good news of what Jesus has done for me has no shame in my mind, no shame in my heart. Because here's the one of the reasons is because it is the power of God. That word power is dunamis. It literally means divine ability. Dunamis is a derivative of the word ability. And when you look at its usage in scriptures, it literally means divine. It was the power, it was the dunamis of God that Mary that made Mary pregnant. Yeah, there's something that can't happen without divine ability. It was the dunamis of God that Jesus used to calm the storm. You're not calming storms with science. They're trying. They're out there messing around. But they ain't never going to do it. <laughs> you, it was the dunamis of God that the Bible said was the miracles that Jesus performed. What's a miracle? A person who's been lame for 38 years that pops up. A woman with the issue of blood for forever, 12 years. A 12 year old girl that was dead, Talita Kumi. Those miraculous happenings was from dunamis. And this is literally saying, you understanding the good news, the word gospel means good news. You understanding the good news of Jesus will bring miraculous and divine ability into your life. And most people don't believe that. Well, I do believe the good news about Jesus. I ain't seen no miracles. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to believe you or this. Maybe you don't believe. Maybe you believe enough to be saved. That's cool. God bless you. Way to go. But really fully believe in what Jesus did? I would be regu- I would be a normal regular pastor if I stood up here and said, "Okay, all you sinners, we're going to sin less tomorrow." Cuz we're all sinners. Right? Everybody's a sinner. We're just trying to be good sinners. One day maybe we'll make sainthood. And then the Catholic Church will build us a statue. <laughs> and worship us. The good news of Jesus is He did it. From faith to faith. This brings the dunanimous of God into your life. You don't get healed because you're holy. You get healed because he was holy. You don't get prospered because you're doing the cool investment strategy that they taught you how to do it on investment TV. You get prospered because Deuteronomy 8.18 says that God has literally placed on the inside of you the ability to create wealth. You know what that means? You want to grow a plant in your backyard that instead of it growing leaves, it grows gold leaves? That would be miraculous. It would take, like, dunamis to do that. Well, I don't believe that, pastor. I know. You probably don't believe that Jesus walked on water. Probably don't believe that a poisonous snake bit Paul and he shook it off in the fire and had no hurt. Probably don't believe the bread sea parted; it was just some scientific thing that just happened that day, and and the moon was in the right alignment, and it was like the tide. Probably don't believe that for forty years bread literally fell out of heaven every single morning. I don't believe that Noah's Ark, worldwide flood. <clears throat> Is uh, is this for real? This is for real. Why do we believe these natural... Why are we so moved by the flesh? Henceforth, now we know no man after the flesh. How about we don't know this world after the flesh? How about we walk around as as if we're sons of God, that we're ambassadors from another kingdom, that sin is no longer on the plate, And we start commanding and demanding out of this natural world what our Heavenly Father has in His world that He sent us from to represent. And that we are the light of the darkness that's in this world, and we're supposed to be going into the darkness, eradicating the darkness with the light, and rescuing a bunch of people. It is the power of God unto salvation. You need to stop believing in the power, the ability, and the punishment of sin. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Sin is no longer going to be a part of your messaging. We're only going to talk about righteousness. Why does the gospel have power? Because therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Who's righteous? I know some of you had, your arm was like. (laughs) It's religion. Henceforth know we no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. For you are, the next verse says, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now everybody knows this one, you probably have this on your refrigerator. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, new creation, new creation, new creation, new creation. Not an old renovated creation. New creation. Creation. That goes back to the garden, y'all. You know what the sun was? A creation. A new creation that never existed. God made a son. God made an elephant. It never existed before God made it. God made you. You never existed before God made you in a new creation. Why? Because now I'm Steve filled with Christ. There's never been a Steve filled with Christ before. Not at least this way. With a gray jacket. There's been other like that. But there's never been this. A Steve filled with Christ. A Cheryl filled with Christ. There's never been that before. You're the only one. (laughs) Now you got something to go by. Jesus showed you the example of what it's supposed to look like. So go live like that but you're the only one that's like that. Rocky Christ. That sounds cool, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. I should change my name. No, I got a good name. Where's my mom? It's a great name, Mom. <laughs> if any man being in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. You know what passed away? Castle. I still use it, because I have to, Legally. But Castle passed away. What's Castle? Castle is my surname that came from my natural lineage. That bloodline passed away. I got a brand new bloodline came right from my father in heaven. No curse, no cancer, no heart disease, no stupid thing that all the other Castles do. That, that all got cuz <clears throat> I came right I was a brand new creation. My bloodline comes right from my father. My father's perfect. My father's holy. My pa- My father's wealthy. Wealthy. My father's strong. My father just makes miracles just because it's Tuesday. That's what my father does. I'm Steve from my father. Castle passed away. That old thing passed away. Man, I hope you guys hear this. Those of you that still think that you're a sinner, that you're still attracted to some old lifestyle, that you still have some, some sickness, some disease, some addiction, some whatever, you just haven't realized that that part of you passed away. You have been lying to yourself for years. So let the truth set you into righteousness. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18. And all the new things that are of God. So everything that's new in you is from God. So is it perfect? Right. So it's like Eve. Eve was in perfection created by God. So then the serpent came in and said, You're not perfect enough. Don't let that happen. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. Reconciled means to bring in perfect harmony. If I take Ryan's guitar and I reconcile the the strings, that means all the strings are in perfect harmony. You are in perfect harmony with the Father. Well, you don't know what I did last night. You don't know what the Father did for you at the cross. You have been reconciled by Jesus. (laughs) Not imputing your trespasses. The word impute is a accounting term. It means to place to your account. I have an iPhone somewhere. And on my iPhone, I can walk up to a tap to pay place and I can click the button and I can tap to pay. When I tap to pay, it's imputed to me. Somehow, magically, all my information goes from my phone to a little keypad and I get imputed to me a Diet Dr. Pepper. Did I pay for it? No. It was imputed to me. But if you think I'm not going to pay for it, wait till the credit card bill comes. I will pay for it. But at this moment, it's imputed. Follow me. Your sins that are being imputed to you are only being imputed to you by the enemy and by yourself. Because God is not imputing any sin to your account. Why? Because Jesus' account took all your sin. Man, you got to get this. Let's say you were a total, complete, absolute jerk last night. You did all the worst things that you possibly could have done last night fell asleep in the worst sin that you've ever done and woke up and drug your sorry butt here. And you're fighting a hangover and and guilt and condemnation and shame right now. Right now. Let's say that's you. (laughs) You are being lied to because everything that you did last night was imputed to the cross and Jesus bled for it. You are allowing yourself to be punished for something that Jesus has already been punished for. Pastor, that sounds too good to be true. Gospel. Which means that I don't care what you did last night. Right now you can stand up and lay hands on the sick and they'll get healed. Because it's not about your holiness. It's not about the dog poop that you put in the brownies. If you want to think that you're going to earn it, From you putting works in there. That's you putting a dog poop in the brownies. The brownies were good before you pooped them up. Jesus was good. That was all done. That was perfect. You just lived there. Don't add your goodness to his. It's all by his goodness. That's the gospel. Not imputing your trespasses on And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in the stead of Christ, be reconciled to God. You be reconciled to God. God's already reconciled to you. Sin in your life is not a problem with God. Sin in your life is a problem with you. Your sin keeps you from Him. It doesn't keep Him from you. Amen. Amen. Romans 6.16 says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants do obey his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So if you do live a lifestyle of sin, you're going to destroy yourself. You'll submit yourself to the enemy and what he wants to do in your life. But you don't have to. Right. Verse 21 says that Jesus Christ was made to be sin for us. And he did not know any sin. So many people say this all the time. How can I be righteous? I don't do that much righteousness. How could Jesus become sin? He didn't do any sin. If you can't be righteous without you committing righteousness, then Jesus couldn't have been sin without him committing sin. Jesus never committed sin. Jesus was made sin. He became sin. Jesus became a murderer. He became a child molester. He became a terrible, wicked person. He became that. He didn't do it. He became it. And then He died it so that anybody that was any of those things could die with Him so that in His resurrection we could all be resurrected together which is righteous and truly holy. He became sin in the same way that you become Righteousness. If you can't believe that He didn't become sin, then you can't believe you didn't become righteousness. And that is why most Christians don't live in righteousness, because they don't actually believe they were made righteous. They believe that they need to be righteous. Apple trees make apples because they're apple trees. I know, that was deep, wasn't it? If a pine tree wanted to make apples... And you heard it out there grunting and groaning and grinding and and taking supplements. (laughs) You'd say, you're a stupid tree. How does righteousness become a fruit in your life? Believe in your root. Jesus is your root. When you believe in Him, the good news then the dunamis, miraculous power of God starts popping off fruit like you ain't never believed. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, temperance, meekness, against such there is no wall. Divine health, divine prosperity, divine marriage, divine families, divine soul. It flows natural. He was made to be sin for you so that you could be made his righteousness. You don't receive righteousness, you receive Christ. Colossians 3 3 <laughs> says that I died and I'm literally hid in Christ. It kind of reminds me of like a little kid who's popping off at, I had a big brother who was really tough. And so one of the things that I did, he was uh, nine years old. Is Todd nine years older than me? He's nine where's my mom? <laughs> He's nine years older than me. And so, and he was really tough. He was a wrestler and he used to do all that kind of stuff. And so I remember literally, I would go to the playground and I would like pick fights with guys. And then I'd get behind Todd. <laughs> I would hide behind Todd. And Todd would beat him up because he was cool. You died. And now you get to hide in Christ. And Christ is your righteousness. Christ is your victory. Christ is your Redeemer. And Christ beats it up. i got to be done. All right. I would like to pronounce a blessing over you.
0: Thank you so much for sharing a few minutes with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of His precious, life-changing Word. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Pastor Steve Castle and Beloved Church, please visit us online at BelovedChurchIllinois.com or call us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are part of the Beloved Family of God and Beloved Church is a place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life.
1: Beloved, you who are greatly loved by the Father, I pray, I desire above all things that you prosper and you experience divine health to the degree that you allow that to saturate and prosper your soul. I pray that you receive these words and they change every aspect of your life. I love you. I'll see you again soon. Thank you.